1: Through your story. Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hey, everybody, it's Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 60, The Big 60. And today we're talking about storytelling, building a community. How do you build a community these days? There is so much content out there. How do you stand up and out above from the rest of the herd? And how do you create that story? What's What are the important factors about doing that? And one of the best storytellers in the whole entire world lives in Sydney, happens to be on the other end of this phone call. Hello, Heather Porter. Hello,
0: Andrew. I wish I was one of the best storytellers, but I certainly do have a good story.
1: <laughs> yes, you do. As yes. do you. <laughs> so, yeah, so today I thought we'd um, we'd have a chat about storytelling and why that's so important. You know, there's some epic storytellers that have come through in the past history of humans and why do we remember those people? I mean the story that they tell is the same story other people tell but they tell it in a a different way and you know that's what's happening today I think is uh, it's really important that brands that are out there, there's so many businesses out there these days, they need to be telling stories. Why is that important? So that's what I thought we'd have a bit of a chat about and how you can build that community and make it stand out so that you've got some engaged people engaged tribe members
0: exactly stories are important because they are the they're the component that allow us to emotionally relate to somebody like oh yeah i, I feel the pain or i've been there i've experienced that is that personable um piece of the the puzzle and I, we always always think of steve jobs and the whole apple storytelling and mm. the, the thing that i always think of as well though is the years and years being on the road with multiple speakers it was the moments that they told stories that people all leaned forward in their seats and connected the most. Yes. And, um, that
1: and just, before, just before you reveal that little piece,
0: yeah.
1: I want to ask you what you learned this week. Oh, no.
0: See? <laughs> no, You're it's a good doing, one, actually.
1: Exactly how they do Speaking it. Speaking of stories. <laughs> they, that's right. They get you engaged and then they just leave you hanging and go to a different point.
0: <laughs> well done on that one. Oh, it's that a, yeah. it so a trick, yeah. So anyway, it was all planned. It was all planned. What I learned is um, that people still don't quite get it when they are communicating using social media. <laughs> or have, Andrew, have you been getting the things lately where somebody will just out of the blue? You know, send you a LinkedIn spam or Facebook message, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to promote my thing?" And you're thinking, "Who are you? I don't even have a relationship with you in the first place."
1: Uh, totally, I'm looking at it actually. Uh, you know, I've got my emails open right here, and I'm checking it, and I think I can see three, three sitting in my email in- inbox from today. Just the exact same thing. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm wanting to know if you want if you uh, had bought your ticket for this event. The the event's in freaking Japan. No, dude, I haven't. What makes you think I'm even going to Japan?
0: Or I like the ones where it's like, hey, help me promote so-and-so. And And you're thinking, this is the first time I've even heard from you. What part of not understanding human relationships do you get. Yeah, So, here's, no, I
1: so, get. so I'm a little bit concerned if that's – you've just discovered this today. I'm, uh, no, I'm, I'm no, no. So what I've what discovered is that
0: the, the social media tools, specifically LinkedIn is the one that I've learned about, uh, are getting savvier to allow the users to block these sorts of communications. So uh, well, yeah. in LinkedIn, you can go in and change and block these uh, emails that you get from people if they're starting to annoy you.
1: So you can block a whole entire users from your feed feed as well, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great. So it is great. It is because it's just going to tighten up people's um, etiquette online and how, you know, Uh, you're you're not trying to flog stuff to everybody. Social media is not a place for flogging your stuff. It's a place for building relationships.
1: You know, I'm so glad they brought that in. Facebook have had it in there for a while. And, you know, there's only so many inspirational quotes posted on the back of flowers that I can handle. And it gets to a point where I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I don't need to see the same quote with just different flower backgrounds. Um, So I started blocking people doing that because I just just didn't want to see it anymore. And it was becoming prolific.
0: I think the key thing to, to keep in mind with that is that um, it's important to control your space online mm. and, and control the noise and, and you, by these filters coming out, it's going to be more important as a user as well as a, as a business, as a marketer mm. to work out how to communicate. That's why we're talking about stories. How exciting. So anyway, Andrew, what did you learn?
1: Um, I learned that Facebook is killing their email service. Now, did you even know that Facebook had an email service?
0: I did. So,
1: actually. so I, I knew you would know, but a lot of people didn't know that um, yeah. with, with your Facebook account, um, everyone had an email account, email mm. address. So you could actually email people if you had their Facebook and, and it was pub- public. You go to somebody's profile and Facebook would show you their email address. It would be a whole series of numbers in your name, possibly at Facebook.com. And when you sent somebody a message, it would go to their message box on their Facebook mm. account. Facebook. Um, when my, when they created that in 2010, Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, oh, I don't think this is going to be an email killer. And he was certainly right. Um, <laughs> Facebook decided to kill it themselves and get rid of it. So now when somebody sends you an email or a message, it's going to reroute to your personal email address that you've got associated with your Facebook. They won't get to see what the email address is. It'll just go automatically to your standard email address. So they have killed off their Facebook address emailing system Mm, i'm not surprised no so that's (laughs) what i learned this week that that's over and done and uh, i don't think anyone really raised too many eyebrows about that to be honest with you but uh, no i know it's not a big learning but it's something that's just interesting to see that even the big boys would they would have spent millions of dollars creating that thing and there it goes i think it is
0: and i think it is a big thing you know why because themes when you pay attention to the themes that are going on mm-hmm. then uh, you're always you know one step ahead so mm-hmm. to speak and the two things that we talked about right now are definitely themes of what's to come what's happening
1: yeah well there you go that's a good point very good point mm. so um so today we're going to talk about story and and you know you you're about to say something about you know, you and I have been on the road together for you know a long time with yeah. with various speakers around the world too, and and then now doing a lot over the last three years. You and I are speaking regularly. In fact, I'm about to shoot off to another speaking gig tonight. Um, and you know, story is a big part of what we do when speaking, but it's not just speaking that needs to have a story. In fact, every brand these days has to have a story around it. And yeah. um, you know, we we look at uh, why is that why is that so important these days and i guess the fact is that um, brands are delivering content we, 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 you and i have spoken about content on this podcast for the last couple of years and and we knew that it was going this direction content is coming out in a in a bucket load of amount right now, everyone's creating content, you've got to create something different, something that's going to stand out from other people. And you want to be able to create a story um, around your brand and what you sell and what, you, what what your service is so that people can congregate around what you're doing because they know that they believe in what your passion is and what your story is.
0: It's exact, It's a connection point. It's the, it's the most powerful way of connecting with people and also almost pre-qualifying the people that are hanging out with you because those that connect with your story relate to you have a similar story or background and then therefore are much easier to you know relate to communicate with even create products for because you understand them uh. so story to me is almost like a filtration system and also an excellent way of just being more human and evoking the emotions around your brand
1: yeah, well, you know, here's, what I'd like to do is um, even, I and I don't think we've actually done this on this podcast, even in all sixty episodes. I don't know if we've really dug dug into this. But what's your story? Give us, give us a rundown of what, how, how, what are you, what are you doing here? What the hell are you doing on my program? Um, why are you here? How did you like? What was the, what's the story around Heather Porter that gets gets you to this specific place and time right now?
0: It's so good. I love it. So. In the interest of time, I'm going to make this a shorter story. But uh, <laughs> so growing up, I was always like painfully shy. And like many actors and actresses, they and speakers even, a lot of them have issues with um, or have had past issues being shy. And for me, of course, I was bitten by the um, acting bug. And my t- early teens, I auditioned in front of, um, do, you, do you remember Punky Brewster, the actress? I, I, I that do, show?
1: I do. Yeah.
0: Yes, I made my mom drive me to um, Hollywood, to Beverly Hills area, and uh, I auditioned in front of Punky Brewster and another sort of celebrity panel to get into the school, acting school. And it was such a horrifying moment of my life when I stood out on that stage and I had to say a few things about myself, but I was accepted. And then that sort of started my journey, I suppose, of just being fascinated by people and, and more importantly, powerful people, because being in that industry, there's a lot of fakeness that
1: happens.
0: (laughs) And so I I started, I guess the journey from there really went into events. It kind of took me into events. I I did that, that acting thing. I realized it wasn't for me. And I I did events then in, in Southern California and art, fashion, and music parades, and uh, or fashion parades and music shows and things like that, nightclubs and promotions, and ultimately started working with Tony Robbins and, um, again, running events. And my whole life was, I kept being attracted to big brands, big personalities, lots of tribes, lots of followers, and started to really, I guess, dive into understanding what that is all about, but also getting irked in the process of uh-huh. being people that are not transparent, people don't walk their talk and, and bullshit artists, essentially. Yeah. So I'm here because all that understanding of these very seemingly glamorous industries have brought me to a point where I just want to be able to to make things really simple for people and, and to be able to grow a business, share a brand. Uh, without the bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. just ultimately being themselves and being being okay with that and being able to talk about it. And I think online marketing is the easiest, most powerful way in front of all of us right now to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so that isn't hmm.
1: the end of your story because… God, no. No, but you still uh, and were you were you planning to finish this then or did I just cut you off?
0: The, oh, what the story from
1: uh, no, 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 I, no I'm just think I'm just thinking it's because now I mean <laughs> we're on a podcast and we're talking about online marketing. I mean what's what what brings you to online marketing? why you, why have you fallen down into that sort of part of it as well and, yeah. and you know and, and you and I have both got a business together uh, mm. which we've had for three years. so you know, just give me a little bit of background about how that all sort of came about and what we're doing there too. Because I'm
0: attracted, I think, now where the stage of my life is now all about uncovering falsities and, and being honest. And I think that um, being in the speaking industry for so long, I saw so many um, internet marketers, quote unquote, get up on stage and say, push this easy button and you'll make a lot of money overnight. Mm. And I think that more people that are honest in this world need to take a stand and actually um, show how things are done, and it's not a get-rich-quick-overnight scheme. And that's honestly why I was attracted to it, because I thought this is a vehicle for people to build a business, but build it, you know, in, anyone can build a business through using this if they just know the way, the, but the real way, not the, the gimmicky ways.
1: Mm-hmm. The, the bright, shiny object way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Really. Okay. Got it.
0: And um, what about you? I mean, obviously, there's so many different parts that we could go on for a day talking about our stories. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I know. but I know.
0: why? Why are you here right now with online marketing? Well, like
1: that- you know, I guess I, when I was a, when I was a real young kid, I, I was introduced to the very first electronic tic-tac-toe machine in our, in our house. in, in Sorry, in Australia. In Australia my <laughs> dad was into technology. He was um, into that sort of stuff. He bought it home. And here I am looking at this thing as a kid. Now, I was a five-year-old kid in the mid-70s that was looking at this electronic tic-tac-toe machine, this massive thing, this massive piece of machinery, and all it could do was calculate where the three crosses were in a row or three O's were in a row. And I was like fascinated thinking, wow, this is cool. You know, I mean, I've got a two-year-old kid now who can turn on an iPhone, navigate to the right app, and then turn it up and turn it down and play the game. He's two. But, you know, back, in, back then, five-year-old, I was a leading technological five-year-old back then because no other kid had seen this sort of technology. I
0: love it. So I got
1: really interested in that. I wrote my first computer program in 1979. Funnily enough, how to bet on some horses because that's what you do in Australia. You all, we mm. all gamble and drink, apparently. Um, so I wrote my first computer program. I got really involved with that. Uh, but then after you I know, got into school, I sort of got lost interest uh, in computers. I didn't disappear. I wasn't programming or anything like that. And then I got into hospitality. And hospitality, I wanted to get in there for three months. It was a summer job. It was a winter job, actually. I wanted to get some money because I was short on money as you are when you're in university. And uh, for three months, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll stay there and get some money. 17 years later, I finally got out of pubs. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I fell into I loved it. It was social. But it was also... Um, such a learning experience for business as far as business goes. You know, I was responsible for all sorts of aspects. In fact, not all sorts, every aspect of hotel management, whether it was marketing, whether it was running pubs, dealing with staff, whether it was um, dealing with bikey gangs and underbelly figures that all of those underbelly shows you see on TV, I knew some of those people. Um, So you had to deal with all sorts of aspects. But one of the things I really liked about pubs was marketing and how marketing was very well, uh, very quickly evaluated. If you had an open restaurant and there was no one sitting on there, you knew that your marketing wasn't working, right? Mm -hmm. If you had a nightclub and the doors open and no one came to your nightclub, your marketing sucked. So very quickly, you had a response on how good your marketing was. And uh, I loved it. I loved working out how to make, you know, how to fill, how to put bums on seats. And then by 2006, I'd had enough of um, working in hotels and I started my own business. So uh, one of my first, uh, my own business was a business consulting sort of thing. And uh, one of the people that I actually started working for uh, as a client, he said, Hey, how do you use this Facebook for business? I heard, I hear someone using Facebook for business. And I'm like, what's Facebook? I have never heard of it before. So I went and had a look and I was fascinated with this method of getting people to the business. Like it's, it was a new concept. The marketing concept wasn't new, but the the platform was new and that began a love affair of how Facebook worked. Then Twitter came along and YouTube and I'm like, wow, all these tools driving people to a business. This is fascinating. I loved it. So I really began um, studying how marketing worked online and as you said, come across a lot of people that were selling shiny objects. They were selling hope and dreams. Hey, all you need to do is push this button, and I would go and buy those things. I want to, <laughs> yeah. you know, I bought and I bought every product I could find, but there was always a gap somewhere. There was always some gap in the knowledge that that this button didn't work like it said it was going to. And the underlying fact was that there was there was information that you had to know and understand, and if you weren't educated, that button would never work. And and I was really getting really getting peeved off, pissed <laughs> off with people because I'm like, there is a gap. You know, I remember paying money for this guy to coach me. It cost me 200 bucks an hour
0: um, mm-hmm. and I had
1: one hour. And I asked him, I said, look, I'm trying to get this thing to work from here to here. And he said, that's not the right question you should be asking me. You should be asking me some more about strategy. And I'm like, I don't need strategy. I just need to know how this thing works like you said it was going to. And he wouldn't answer the question. And, and, it, was that, and it was at that point I thought, this is all a con. There's there's mm. gotta be real people out there who are doing it and there's there's all these people out there who are selling stuff to hope chasers and they'll never make it because no one's telling them the truth. And and that began yeah, you know, that began my education. I now I educate people, I wanna tell it as it is. I wanna say, Here it is, this is what you need, don't worry about the shiny objects. Sometimes it's gonna be hard work, yes it is, but there really is no bright shiny objects, the one push button mechanism that's gonna get you no. a million dollars. And my education, the way I like to teach is tell them how it is. And if you don't need Facebook, then you don't need it. I'm not going to try and sell you on it. Um, and I don't want to sell things to people that don't need it. I want to make sure that the things that we offer is education that gives people um, the real the realness of what they need to do. So, you know, you and I got together in 2010 um, because we saw we both had a common underlying principle about giving education to people. Mm-hmm. That was um, that was uh, real, and you know, we started autopilot your business, and um, from there we've been able to not only educate a lot of people around the world through our podcasts and magazines and speaking gigs and that sort of stuff, but we've able we've we've got a long list of clients that we're actually doing a lot of this work for. So the other thing that that I really do like is that you and I are both. Um, doing what we're talking about we're teaching this not only teaching this but we're doing it for our clients so we're always working it a lot of these speakers out there will get out there and they'll just say oh this is what you do and we'll ask them have you ever done it and they'll say oh yeah I did it once for my for my stuff (laughs) and did they really do it or not but we're doing this all the time we're always testing and measuring with our clients um, and making sure that what we what we teach is what we're doing for our clients as well.
0: Yeah, we're actually installing WordPress and we're dealing with code at some points, you know, and we're placing ads and designing you know, you know Yeah, graphics. You know what's
1: funny is that, <laughs> um, yeah, we get, so we get clients, we get a lot of clients coming from our speaking gigs mm. and I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I have where it's so ingrown in now that the speaker on stage is the guru of the business and it's very unlikely that they'll do any of the work if you if they Correct. even offer a service. And yet, when when I'll go and do something for somebody, and I'll show them what to do, they're actually taken back thinking, but... How do you know that? (laughs) How do you you know that? Haven't you got a team who does this? And be like, yeah, I I do, but I need to know this stuff too, so I can Mm. make sure the team are doing the right thing. Um, No, I'm not going to say I know everything, because I certainly don't. Um, You know, if if I've got WordPress issues, I'm going to go to you. I mean, not the general WordPress issues I can fix, but, you know, I'm going to go to other members of our team to fix that, but... I know a lot of this stuff because we're doing it all the time. And I think, yeah. I think that's important. To me, that's important that I, um, if I'm teaching it, I need to know how to do it.
0: No, I agree. And I think talking about stories, here's how we've started to weave our story together into our business and, and, you know, into what else we're doing. So we have these events we throw there called the AYB fireside chat.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: as you can tell theming and back into the story, when we just want to have a chat and tell it as it is, the best way we could think of doing that is, is developing almost like sitting around a campfire. And we have these events where you come in and have, you know, at the end, we have a beer together and we sit there and we have a fireplace going, a fake fire, <laughs> and yep. we have a chat. And, um, And that's because that is our story. That's our brand. And even if you guys are, if you've ever been to our autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast site, you will see both Andrew and I. First of all, our graphics for our podcast are quite funny and um, a funny video of us poking fun because we are and we're cool to poke fun at ourselves. We're not that typical, I think. Ego type, or we don't, we don't want to be that type of person. We we're cool to be funny and quirky, and you know, just casual. So we are bringing this throughout all of our brands, and we're actually in a, in the middle of a rebrand as well for our main sort of AYB brands. You'll see stuff rolling out around that, and a lot of that you'll see is is approachable. It's funky. It's a little different, and um, that's how the story starts to go into everything that we have as a business.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. So, um, you know, I guess one of the one of the real um, inspirations for me around stories, and I think you touched on this at the start. Was you know Steve Jobs. I, I read a book, the uh, I think it was called the Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs, um, and that got me onto a few Steve Job tracks. And I saw a video by a guy called Simon Sinek, and um, if you've ever seen that, he talks about how Steve Jobs, he didn't sell a phone when, when the iPhone came out or the iPod came out. He wasn't selling a technical device. He was selling a belief. He was selling the story of Apple. You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't... Um, you know, when it was an iPod, he didn't come out and he, he didn't say, hey, you know, if you click on the round wheel and do three clicks here and then look at the screen because it's got colored and it's got this button here. He didn't say any of that. He basically came out and he said... Uh, he, "He, I think he said one sentence. He said, your entire music library in your pocket. Yeah. You know, it's, there's a story that's like... That that is a story that has a connection, emotional connection. It tells people what they're going to get, and it gives it a, a, a like a, a what's the word I'm looking for, like a a a a, a point of point of difference that doesn't say how to do it. People don't care how if they have to click three buttons or it has a spinny wheel on it. That's all nice, but it doesn't do anything. But when it says there's an entire music library in your pocket. Then people go, wow! That's what I want. That I want that. Yeah.
0: it's a bigger picture thing than just saying here's a, here's the product or here's the features, or the benefits. It's a bigger thing yeah. And
1: that. so, and so then what do you do? Is you go in and. and he would say because because you know, it wasn't just that that wasn't his presentation. He'd come out, and said one sentence, and get off stage. He would <laughs> say, tie music in your pocket, in your Italian music collection in your pocket." Because here at Apple, we believe that everybody should have access to music that they like. Everybody, we believe that you you should. And, and he went on and on about the beliefs that Apple had, and what he was doing was emotionally connecting people. And because he knew that the people that would like this product would have the same beliefs of as what apple would so he said we believe this we believe that and people are nodding their heads going we believe that too yes we believe that too and he was using the story about what they believe as an emotional bridge to connect them to his product and all of a sudden people are lining up in the snow for four hours to go and buy the latest product every time apple releases it because they have these product evangelists out there um where else do you have that? The only other the only other well, there's a number of products out there, but one of the other biggest products I know that has evangelistic behavior like that is uh, what do you think it is? <laughs> I'll throw you under the bus here. I'll tell you, it's Harley Davidson. Motorcycle, oh, right. right? Because people yeah, tattoo that brand on their body. Yeah. How many yeah. I mean you've all seen Harley Davidson tattoos, right? People tattoo a brand on their body. That is awesome evangelistic behavior from that brand. So I just sort of love that because they're, they're relating to the story of Harley Davidson. What is the story behind Harley Davidson? I couldn't, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Go and have a look at it for yourself, but people relate to the story around that brand.
0: And I think it's just when, when people start wearing merchandise, mm-hmm. that, that right there says that that brand has gotten the story right.
1: Yeah, Nike do it. Yeah, there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of brands out there that do it. <laughs> when they tattoo on it, that's permanent. That's not Let's <laughs> not take the shirt off and change brands tomorrow. It's there forever.
0: So, is, let's uh, is something about a story that I just wanted to bring up because I think that some people are listening and thinking, well, how do I tell my story? How do I bring it into my business? And I'll just thought we'd throw out a couple of examples of just what we're thinking around that question. Yes. You know, a lot of times you'll see brands or or entrepreneurs bring in their family into what they do. So uh-huh. they'll have photos um, on their social media, family holidays. They'll, they'll bring in their kids. They'll have ch- uh, stories about their children, and that is their story. So they're connecting their business with other sort of family centric people and businesses. And that becomes part of their whole sort of posse and their whole tribe. And, you know, the kids are brought in. And then you'll have other brands where, you know, it's much more about glamour. It's lots of sort of glamour photos and beautiful people and boats and, and things like that. And obviously, if you're really doing that and it's not using stock photos and this is your lifestyle and your travel and you're bringing that in, you're going to be attracting people that that want to have a, a part of that, you know, and be around that. So there's, those are a couple of things that I see floating around quite a bit. But there's also a word and caution about stories. When you tell parts of your story that don't make any sense to your business and why you became, you, you're there. Mm-hmm. I've seen storytelling done where people are, they talk about, you know, traveling around. that They're in a corporate job doing something like, I don't know, psychology or, or whatever, or middle management. And then they go and travel the world for a couple of years to find themselves and then they come back and now suddenly they're like a graphic artist, for example. Those types of stories, while each piece is amazing, it's disjointed if you tell it like that because suddenly you're actually creating doubt. Mm -hmm. How could you go from point A to point B and suddenly I can trust you as a graphic artist when you're from corporate land, for example?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you, when you when you're creating your story of your journey of your life and how you got to be where you are in your business, remove the parts that don't make sense for where you are now, uh-huh. but keep the parts in that validate and give credibility to why you know what you know. Like Andrew, you were saying, you know, you you learn marketing very quickly, very easily by if the pub was empty, it wasn't working, right. And you, just from your story you've already illustrated to me that you know how to manage teams you know how to create systems you know how to implement systems because you'd have to just as a result of doing what you did for work
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah definitely so
0: that all that story makes sense to me
1: it's 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 uh it's the underlying other aspects that people read into your story that you and you want to make sure that those ones that they're reading into are the good ones that they're reading into yes. not not they're not reading into your story negative aspects. It's other aspects. That, how can you create it so that they're reading into more than you're saying? You know, there's more right. to the story than meets the eye sort of thing. Yes, there is more to the story, but that's um, it's the good stuff. It's more good stuff that they only think, wow, if they did this, then that means they could have done this as well, which is good.
0: Exactly. And if you want your family in your story, then you bring them in your story. And if you don't, then you don't.
1: don't so yeah. it just...
0: You just filter what um, makes sense to your business and your brand and and the you know, I guess the emotions that you want people to connect with you. Are you are you brave and daring, so therefore you talk about how you jump off buildings. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> or, exactly. down. Or, or are you caring and loving as a brand? So therefore you talk about the birthday parties that you put together for your, your family. Yeah. So it's it's looking at the angle that you're that you're, you know, you want in your story and then that's that alone and telling those pieces are going to come into your brand and, and connect with the market you want to connect with.
1: Yeah. Very good. Very good. You know, I think you and I could talk about story for a long time because, um, it's certainly something that's going to pop up. We, you know, we haven't even mentioned the C word community at the moment. And I know we're coming into our half hour limit already on our podcast, but, um, what, what essentially does, what essentially a good story does is starts to, get people connected to you, and as people get connected to you from your story, you'll find that they have like-minded interests, and they'll start connecting to other people in your community as well, and you begin to build a tribe of people that um, not only hang on to what you say and and, and your information, but they also look for solace in each other uh, and learn from each other as well. And that's when you start building that connection. You know, you look at, I know I'm an Apple user, you're an Apple user. And if we're sitting in a room, if we're sitting in a room of uh, people with laptops open, we all know who the Apple users are pretty quick. And mm-hmm. if there's any jokes going on um, and someone cracks a joke about, Microsoft, the Apple users will turn to each other and smile and chuckle and think, "Hey, we're part of the good community," sort of thing, you know. And (laughs) and it's building community. Like they may never have met each other before, but they built that that community now has been built because of that product, that's right, service, and that business that that that, you know was created a while ago through Steve Jobs and his team. So, um, you know, as I said, we could go on for a long time about community, and and, uh, I think we may have to come back and revisit storytelling part two down the track too because I think uh, there's some more stuff that I'd love to explore um, before we wrap it up Um, is there anything else you want to add before we do wrap it up
0: yeah I guess I guess that you will have a community if you have a good story and you're able to express that and share that in everything that you do and don't be scared to share your story
1: but don't yeah, make it up. But don't make it up. Make it real. Don't make it, real. Make it up.
0: <laughs> please don't make it up. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. got to be from you. We all have a really amazing story to tell. Sometimes you just need extra help, you know, people to pull that out of you. And if, if that's the case, you don't feel comfortable talking about it, get some help. Get somebody to help you out.
1: Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Hey, um, where what uh, where can people find out more and how can they do reviews for us too if they want to do a review on our podcast?
0: We would love that, you guys. That would be an amazing little thing you could do for us. If if you feel up to that, you can pop on into iTunes and you can do a review for us directly inside iTunes. There's a little star box, a little comment box in there. We'd love to hear from you that way, but also on our website too, so autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast. And all of our episodes are in there. You can play them, download them from there. You can look at the show notes, resources, and stay connected with us and write comments in there and, and um, even record vo- a little voicemail message for us. And if you do that, we might just pop it into our episodes.
1: Yay. So um, I'm about to duck off and do a workshop on content marketing tonight. Um, right. I'm looking forward to doing that. So a bunch of new business or business owners that are um, coming on to the workshop. So I'm about to go and do that. What's on for your next couple of days? Have you got anything exciting planned?
0: <laughs> exciting um launching a couple of different exciting brands right now with, with our client base which is cool and a lot of it involves what do you know content marketing podcast videos and all that good stuff
1: and storytelling i'm sure
0: and plenty of that
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah all right H, well great having a conversation about stories i'll um i'll talk to you on the next podcast
0: you too thanks guys make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses Head on over to AYBpodcast.com.
1: All passengers and cabin cushion now be seated with their seatbelt fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking.
0: On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website www.autopilotyourbusiness.com or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.